everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on Rash Pixel FM. I'm Pete Wright, and right over there is Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. Oh, Nikki, <laughs> it's the end of October, it and is. you know that gets my brain going about November. Oh, well, I know that you makes know what's sense. Going on. You know, you know what's going on in November, right? Oh, it's the writing thing. It's the writing challenge. And it's also about beards. Oh, yeah. No, I let that go. Oh, okay. Because you already I, have a beard. Yeah, no, so no does... shave. It's no shave all year. Okay. No shave. No shave at all. So am I right I about the writing no, thing? No, you are. But we try not to diminish it by calling it the writing thing. <laughs> we call it National Novel Writing Month or NaNoWriMo. I'm sorry. Uh, and I am gearing up. I think I'm going to do it. Oh, well, and also my birthday. I forgot. That's good. Somebody had to remind me in the chat room that, in fact, November is Pete's birthday. That's right. And I'm gearing up toward... Is it possible for me to just take a year off when it's my birthday? I think that's called retirement. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not quite there yet, but uh, that's it's on the horizon. AARP would like me to know through the junk mail that it's on the horizon. Uh, right. Anyhow, NaNoWriMo gets me thinking about creativity and the way my brain works and the fireworks and the imposter syndrome and shame that comes with turning out crappy writing. And so I wanted to talk about creativity and ADHD. Specifically, how do you create through ADHD? Uh, and is there uh, is there a better person to do it than the person we have on the show today? I don't think there is. I don't, I don't think, think so. there is a better person. Before we dig in, though, head over to Take Control ADHD ADHD.com and get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list and we'll send you an email each time a new show is released. And of course, you can connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at Take Control ADHD. And if this show has ever in your history of listening to it, in the last 10 years that it has existed, if it's ever touched you and changed the way that you work with your ADHD, that you live with your ADHD, that you experience your ADHD, we would encourage you, invite you even, to join the ADHD community at patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. And uh, you can become one of the few, the proud, that actually watch our recordings of this show live. You can get special uh, access access to uh, workshops that Nikki and I uh, produce every single month. You get all of Nikki's uh, forms and worksheets and checklists that we've talked about for years and years. They're all in one place, uh, all for a few bucks a month. We encourage you to do that. Mostly, you're just helping to ensure the longevity of this show and the work that we do here. So again, patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast to learn more. Okay, here we go. Danny Donovan is a designer and illustrator and is the voice and hand behind some of the most impactful comics explaining the ADHD experience. I came across Danny's work alongside uh, millions of others when we discovered her storytelling flowchart and realized, oh my God, she nailed me. Uh, she's also the voice behind the Neurodiverse Squad on Twitter, a community of those seeking belonging and support through their ADHD experience and beyond. We're all here today to talk about the ADHD experience as a creative, both professionally and personally. And we're so, so lucky to have Danny here to share her experience today. Hello, Danny. 
Hi there. How's it going? Welcome. So well. So well. Glad to have you here. Let's let's start with the comics. Can we? For those who don't know your history, uh, tell us a little bit of background about how you started applying your creative trade to the ADHD com- comics uh, and, and the ADHD community. How did you how did you decide, hey, I think I should be a voice for this stuff? Uh, well, the funny thing is that's absolutely not a thought that I had. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely fell into this by accident, uh, which I think happens to a lot of people. I had started off just by... Um, so I work full-time at Gallup, and I had a group of new coworkers, and I'd never talked about mental health in the workplace before. And they just kind of were opening up and talking about therapy pretty openly. And this was just a new experience for me. And I just kind of put myself out there and told them that I had ADHD and they were cool about it. There wasn't any, you know, any different. And so it kind of got us joking about, um, you know, how I tell stories and I decided to like map it out as a joke and sent it to one of my coworkers and didn't really have any intention of posting it because I hadn't disclosed to my boss who followed me on social media. And she thought that I found it somewhere oh, and sent it to her. Wow. And then she was like, wait, you made this? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, you have to post it. And so I had this moment where I had to decide, do I leave it saying ADHD or do I take that off and just have it be how other people tell stories and how I tell stories. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to post this on Twitter because nobody I know follows me on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) So it's pretty safe that like, you know, I'm not going to accidentally disclose to anybody by doing this. And so I just decided to leave it and to post on Twitter and pretty quickly was like, oh, oh no. Like I had this... (laughs) double side of like, oh no, and like, oh, awesome. And so people, everybody in my world found out mm-hmm. pretty quickly. So it was like this big, can I say coming Un- out? Unveiling. Of, like, yeah, right. Guess what? And yeah. so I couldn't really put the cat back in the bag after that. And I did not realize how like freeing it would be. I'm like, I should have done this forever ago. Like I can mention it now and like, talk about how it affects me. And so the fir- the first one I made was that flowchart. And I the amount, the responses I got from people who had ADHD saying that the last little part of this is apologize. To some people, that's like funny. And other people, it's like, this is a kick in the gut. I always apologize for talking. And to like have people tell me that really inspired me. Like, okay, well, I have to make more of these. And... I started out the gate like too high. I'm like, I have already peaked. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was going to ask about that. Like that's the the storytelling is still forwarded all the time. Like it still has such traction. Like how do you go from there to, I I just know that if that were, if I were in your shoes, I would have crumbled in like paralysis, creative paralysis. The thing that bothered me the most was that I had the thought that I should put a watermark on it, but I was like, that means I'm full of myself. And I think that people are going to steal this if I put Hmm. a watermark. So I won't put a watermark. And then I did it. And then no one knows who made it. Right. And so um, eventually it kind of, I made one with one and it circulated and and people kind of found out. But I think maybe part of that, 
convince myself maybe part of that is good because I did have to like grow a little bit more organically. It wasn't like I had this like one hit wonder kind of syndrome because I didn't actually get big off of that first one. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, but yeah, early on I knew like I have to, in my head, be okay that all of my comics are not going to be this way. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Maybe someday I'll hit it again out of the park. And I had that email, that email like a boss one that's gotten... That one gets shared around too, but I learned to put watermarks on that one. So mm-hmm. anyway, yeah, just kind of that paralysis of, oh no, have I peaked already? And then kind of making the decision of like, I don't, I can't care mm-hmm. if that's the best thing, you know, not the best thing, but if that's the most popular thing I ever made, because it was the, you know, spark that started all of this. And if I hadn't gotten that kind of a huge response, I don't know if I would have felt so compelled to make more things. Well, so. th- that's the thing is that that even just that one comic made, and I don't even know, like you said, is it a comic? I mean, I guess it is. But when some people feel like that, that punch in the stomach, you touched so many people and so many people related to that, which is a, a wonderful thing. When did that when did that go out time frame wise i'm just curious i made it in december of 2018 2018. so it hasn't quite been a year yet yeah right it's just crazy yeah yeah what a year you've had i'm sure (laughs) well because as as a result of this and as a result i mean of of the kinds of people who have picked it up and who have shared that experience like you have become um a voice quickly of uh, a strong voice in yeah. the ADHD community like uh, how how <laughs> <laughs> like how do you do ellipses like uh, you know <laughs> social media uh really the knowing so I was director of social media for AIG in Nebraska um, on the volunteer board of directors for three years. And so I always had an interest in not just how social media works for like brands and companies, but kind of not in any kind of formal way, but just paying it because I don't have a history. I didn't take, you know, didn't go to school for it or anything, but paying attention to what types of things do well. And I've always, posted like relatable Mm -hmm. content I just didn't really have an audience for it so now that people people just see it more and I'm like it's funny to me because I've been posting this stuff for forever and I'd be all excited like it got two likes (laughs) Uh, and so the oh I'm doing the thing what were we talking about social media Uh, (laughs) uh, and so really finding that kind of uh, platform, I guess, where for me, I never did a ton of research on ADHD. I didn't really talk about it. I honestly didn't really think about it too much, even though I'd been diagnosed for 10 years. And so for me, doing it almost as like art therapy mm. um, and publicly knowing that this is going to give me the feedback of 
reassurance that other people feel this way. Because I knew even if it's only a few people, like someone else, this is going to connect with them. And so feeling like this double sense of like responsibility of like, okay, I haven't seen this kind of stuff before. And I know how much this would have meant to me if I would have seen this earlier. Um, And then knowing like the process of coming up with this stuff is going to help me better understand myself. So it's, you know, I do it first and foremost for me, I like to say, um, which is sounds selfish, but I think it helps me to uh, keep things really my experience. So I'm not telling people, everybody with ADHD is like this. I like very purposely try to make sure that especially my captions are, I feel this and this affects me like this and not people with ADHD can struggle with this um, because I don't want people to feel like I'm speaking for everyone well I, I, that i think is the real gift of of the the comics and the way that your art sort of well sir uh, again hits me uh because you say you know i haven't seen anything like this that, that my experience of looking at your pieces as they come across my my feeds and and subscriptions thing is it's not that uh i've never seen anything like this it's that my god i I have lived this for so long. Like it feels so attuned to my experience. And I think that's the the real gift of your style is the authenticity with which that you you approach it. Um, uh, and so let's uh, can can you walk us through your your process, like how you actually come up with these things in a way that, you know, I'll say with the ADHD caveat, that's clear. <laughs> There's some sort of rhyme and reason to it, um, to all the chaos. So I kind of start, again, the first one started from an inside joke. Uh, the other ones are just like things in my head that I always, I think in metaphors a lot. I know a lot of people kind of have the tendency to do this and it's just how I make sense of things. And so when I'm just throughout the course of a day, I tend to just notice like this weird hyper self-awareness that I have now of noticing when I do something. And I'm like, I do that a lot. Other people don't do that a lot. Is that something that could be this? Is that something that could be ADHD? And I kind of like look it up a little bit to see if I'm... Usually I'm like, yeah, no, for sure. Um, But sometimes I, I do look it up to make sure it's not just a me thing or um, I have bipolar too as well. And there's so much overlap. And so I always want to, if I can, try to make sure that it's something that other people with ADHD struggle with. And so, um, but before all that, if I just have an idea and if I am out, out in a boot, <laughs> I have a Google note on my phone and I literally just type out like a sentence or two about what I'm thinking. And I have this gigantic note with tons of just random ideas. Um, some of which don't make sense when I go back and find them weeks later. I'm like, what was I even talking about? But if I'm at home or I have uh, the ability to, I have quite a few different um, like gridded notebooks and I will just draw the sketchiest, messiest version just to capture like idea capture. And so I have notebooks full of half-baked ideas and or um, very rough concepts. And I don't put the pressure on myself. Like if I draw it out right now, I need to like finish it today or finish it this week. Um, I'm just like, 
I know I've got it down somewhere, so I won't forget about it. Mm-hmm. And so then a lot of the stuff I've been coming up with, um, I had one recently with like about responsibilities and it's got these little like dogs and uh, the ADHD dogs are just like taking naps and chasing butterflies and right. floating away on balloons. That was actually the second thing I ever drew right after the storytelling flowchart. And it just came out. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes when I'm like, I want to, but I do get the urge, like, I kind of want to make something or it's been a while and I'll just flip through my notebooks. I'm like, oh, I forgot about this one. Yeah. So then when I'm actually in the mood to like illustrate, I have this book full of things I could illustrate. And then when I'm in the mood to ideate, but not necessarily execute, I have this low pressure way of not needing to like make a final product. And so uh, that in combination with not putting pressure on myself to stick to a schedule, that's been a huge thing. So I don't, don't feel like I'm failing necessarily by not reaching goals other than I want to make these and make it sustainable. Well, uh, we're going to come back to that because you've you've used a number of times like giving myself permission, mm-hmm. feeling like that I'm not failing, like low pressure. Uh, very curious how you kind of navigate that. But before we get there, you when you you take so I understand your capture process, which is you know fantastic. It's just catching inspiration, so you'll remember it later, and then brainstorming, kind of massaging these things into ideas. How do you decide when there's a project? Like, what is it about the dogs and the ADHD responsibility one where you decided this is one I'm going to create? This is one I'm gonna I've settled on, and I'm gonna work on it until it's done. Mm-hmm. That one in particular, uh, I had to pick something for. I was doing a. a TV shoot for Lifetime for this Access Health thing. And they're like, we need you to be making one. I'm like, oh, I got to find one that's not going to take me that long. Um, But I'd I'd been wanting to. And a lot of them, I get started and I don't finish. Surprise. (laughs) Uh, And so I always am really striving to not do something I've already done, at least recently. And so making sure like, is this a new perspective or is this a way that might help someone um, look at something in a different light? And is this a topic that I haven't covered recently? And so the idea of having a hard time balancing responsibilities, I had done one recently about like prioritizing, which is kind of close, um, but not the exact same thing. So I've been trying to like touch on different topics and I actually made a I got kind of stuck in a rut for like a month and a half. And I, I did feel guilty. Like I need to be putting stuff out. I, you know, I'm stuck. And I made myself a little like worksheet, right? And it says, oh, I should have brought it in here. Um, I made a worksheet that's like a type of comic and it's like bar chart, Venn diagram, um, you know, comparison, this kind of stuff. And then below it, it's like topic. And I put like 20 different, topics and then I put audience and it's, you know, um, parents or teachers or people with ADHD or people without ADHD. And so sometimes I'll just literally just check a couple boxes and then see, okay, this is my parameters. What can I make in this? And it really forces me to push myself instead of necessarily waiting for inspiration to strike all the time. It's a great idea. Um, because yeah, <laughs> yeah. now it's like a challenge. I'm like, yeah. can I make right. a Venn diagram about you know feelings? Right. <laughs> and so, um, 
Well, and that, you know, here we are, and I'm looking at a Venn diagram about feelings. (laughs) Two sides, (laughs) same coin is exactly, uh, is exactly that. You kind of see the results of it. I, I look at, um, You've told us a little bit about how you released the the first one, right? The one that started mm-hmm. with the inside joke. But there is this last step of, you know, you've you've captured your ideas, you've massaged them, you've worked on them until they're finished, and then you you like you put it out in the world. And mm-hmm. I sit here, I think about that, and I there, you actually have a comic that I think about all the time, and it's the Getting Started comic, and mm-hmm. uh, it is. Uh, on the left, it says, you know, it's got a, we've got a little character and standing on the top step of a set of stairs and it says, you need to stop procrastinating. You always make excuses. It's not that hard. Just do it. You're just lazy. And on the ADHD side on the right, it's the same set of stairs and they're very, very tall. And the poor little person can't even reach the stairs like that. Of You can't. Like, how do you even get started when they're on on even the simplest of tasks if you can't even see the stairs you have to climb? And, and the first step being so daunting. Yeah, yeah. right. That's the first step is huge. And, and so I look at that around, you know, freeing your creative works into the world. Like, what, what does that look like today when you're ready to push, publish, or send, or promote? Like, what does that look like? I used to get in that kind of perfect, I think a lot of us tend to be very perfectionistic of like, I don't want to put this out there unless it's perfect, or I don't want to put something out there if I could make it better, or if, what if other people don't like it? What if it just needs more fine tuning? Um, So early on, I, because I used to practice like calligraphy and stuff, and I had the same thing. And I would just po- I just like post it as soon as I'm done with it. Don't give myself too much time to overthink it. Just get it out and move on to the next one. And so then for that, at least being able to see the progression of skill. And so for a lot of people, they go back and they delete a lot of old stuff, right? To pretend like they've always been good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just really like seeing that progression. So knowing that was kind of what got me away from being gun shy about posting stuff. but for me, I guess knowing when something's finalized. So my husband also has ADHD. And so a lot of times, especially before I had a Patreon set up or a Discord server or anything, I would show it to him and I wouldn't say anything. I I usually post them with captions, but I would hand it to him, not say anything and say, what do you think of this? Or does this make sense? Um... And he's very um, supportive, and he he's not critical just to be critical. But if there are if there's something that's like the first storytelling flowchart, I had like a little cycle over here where you get kind of stuck. And he goes, "I got stuck over here, and I didn't make it to the rest of the flowchart." Right. And so then I'm like, "Okay, I can totally see where that'd be confusing." And so then I showed him this one, and he's like, "Well, this these colors kind of get." when they overlap, they kind of get messed up. So then I went and put little like space between um, so you could see where when something went back up, how it went like behind it because there was a shadow over the um, underneath one of the arrows. So you mm-hmm. could actually see it. And so then when I looked at it, I'm like, this this is polished because I'm so close to it that sometimes I can't always see that stuff. And so it's been... He doesn't usually have feedback, but then when he does, it's really impactful where he says, I don't really get this. And if he doesn't get it right away, he's like, it might just be me though. Maybe I'm too stupid to get it. Or the things that we say to ourselves, right? Yeah, right. I'm like, no, if you don't get it, someone else isn't going to get it. 
And so I'm not going to explain it. I'm going to go back and kind of fix it up and bring it back and say, does this make sense? Does this resonate? So having a sounding board um, of also some... His ADHD looks completely different than mine. And so it's a nice test of like, does this work on other people or is this just me? Um, Because there are things that are just quirks that I have. And so now I have Patreon. I've got a group text with ADHD Alien and Jessica and Aaron. And sometimes we'll just bounce stuff back and forth. But I still, first and foremost, use my husband as a sounding board for if things are ready to post. (laughs) Right. So he's, he's like the final gate. Yeah, pretty much. Of like, yeah. if Josh doesn't get it, it's not good enough to post. So, well, lucky him. Yeah. yeah. Right? Does he know this? Does he know that yeah. he's taken off? Because that's a that's important safety tip. Exactly. Uh, I'm like uh, no pressure. Right. <laughs> right. If this doesn't do well. It's your fault. No. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, the the so we talked about these are sort of the practical things, and that that leads us into the 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 more emotional stuff. Like uh, when. I I know my accommodations practically when my brain won't let me settle down, you know, long enough to manage my own tools. And that happens all the time. Because my my ADHD is just fireworks. It's just straight all the time fireworks. <laughs> I can I can sit very still and I can look like I'm totally listening uh to everything going on in front of me and I'm just not doing that. And so I I understand when that happens and I have accommodations but the the thing that I I struggle with and where my anxiety kind of triggers in is the emotional side. When I get stuck focusing on the things that I fear about creativity, the the things like I better not start typing because I know the first words out of my fingers will be garbage. I know that like I have those are the, you know, like you said, the things we say about ourselves. How do you manage this second area when it comes to the work you're trying to create? And and it doesn't even necessarily have to be the comics. We could be talking about your day job. Like how how do you how do you manage the flow to to actually get stuff out and get out of the way of your own creative um, maladjustments? <laughs> That's a great question. Okay, I have so many different answers, and I got to pick which ones. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do a Venn diagram. Okay, pretty much. Right. I literally could just make a list, uh, a bar chart. So, uh, one of the great things for working at, at Gallup is that we have the Clifton Strengths. Uh, and so it's a 34, it's an assessment where they kind of, it's not like one of the ones where it's like, you are an ENFP mm-hmm. and it like puts you in a box that says, this is what you are. It's here are, we've taken hundreds of thousands of people, um, or millions of people now, uh, and rated these different strengths that we found and they're in these different domains. Right. And so there's, I promise this relates back. I super promise. Okay, I'll be patient. <laughs> you, I'm the storytelling flowchart lady, yeah, right. so <laughs> you know I'll get there eventually. You know, and so there's strategic thinking, executing, relationship building, and influencing. And influencing is pretty rare. And I have four out of my five top are influencing, which is, which now makes sense uh, to me because. Uh, I have a natural skill set that lends itself to like internet influencing. Um, But my executing themes are all really low, which makes sense, executive dysfunction. So those are like focus, responsibility, discipline. Uh, And I used to beat myself up about not being those things. And working at Gallup has really helped me to realize that um, you can't be everything. And so they give you the list of your strengths in the order so some people have like a cutoff where you're like, okay, everything below this is not me. Um, but 
Oh my gosh, why was I talking about this? See, this is the this is the part. Oh, we'll okay. There. How do how do I use um and execute? What was the question? Yeah, getting over the emotional fears of creativity. Fears of creativity. Yeah. And so I have found that because I have maximizer in my top, which is like I like to tweak things. I like things to be perfect. I don't want good. I want mm-hmm. great. It seems uh, like a real danger to actually yes, shipping. It is, it is, especially in creativity because yeah. it's not like math where you're like, I'm done. I got it. This is the right answer. Like I've checked it. This works. Yeah. I can move I on. I have to say something. Have to say something that I just noticed is I love how you said you want it to be good or no? What did what? Now I'm losing my train of thought. You want it to be perfect. I don't want it to be good. It I want be it great, to be great. Yeah. But you didn't use the word perfect. Hmm. That's why I have to. I had the whole thing where like perfection is oh, a lie. So I, I just, and it's so great that you can naturally say that. What a great example mm-hmm. to our listeners that this can be. This can happen. Uh, I love that. Yeah, just just understanding and being okay. The hardest thing for me is being okay with putting something out there when I feel like I could have done better. Mm-hmm. Uh, because to me, it's like other people will know that I could have done better. <laughs> Like other people are thinking, oh, she didn't try that hard on this or something. Like when they don't think that at all, it's not true. Right. Yeah, Nobody right. does yeah, that. They're not thinking that and at all. So, and if they do, I'm not going to cuss, but right. they're right. they you don't need that in your life. And so I have between that and my comics, honestly, the biggest thing I could say is like putting constraints on things, which seems counterintuitive because it's like I want everything, but like, and I don't want a tiny little box, but I need walls somewhere or I will not, you know, land the, my dad always says, land the plane, stop mm-hmm. circling the airport. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, if I don't put any kind of walls, I'll just take up all of the time that I have trying to, you know, tweak it. And so not that I would necessarily recommend procrastinating as a technique. And I think part of it's because I've gotten so used to it. Um, when I was writing my talk for Anxiety Tech, I wanted, I put all this pressure on myself where I'm like, I want this to be a TED Talk. You know, like I want this to be this level of quality. I want people to like cry and walk away with a whole new perspective. And like, I know how I want people to feel, but I don't know what I want to say. Mm. And so that was a lot of pressure to put on myself. And I started like a month in advance. I'm so proud of myself. I had a schedule of like, I'm going to have the outline done by this day. And I'm going to have the... And I was sticking to it. And I got to the end and I finished three-fourths of it. And I go, I don't like this anymore. And so I started over. I literally wrote 15, 15 half, either half speeches or full speeches. And I got to the end. I'm like, this isn't it. I don't like this. And it was like, oh, are you, you know, it's doesn't, not that big of a deal. I'm like, I will know it when I see it. And that's the whole issue with me is like, I know when I'm done because I'll sit back. I'm like, that's it. Right. You feel it. And yeah. Right. I, I know when it's, yeah. when it's done. And so what ended up happening was I uh, started over again on, at the airport on the way to New York and my flight got delayed seven times and I, but it was okay. Cause I was sitting there like writing and writing and writing. Yeah. You get that adrenal boost, right? Yeah. And then I did it on the plane. I finished it on the lift on the way to my hotel and it was great. I finished, I go, this is exactly what I wanted. I'm very upset that I had 
so many meltdowns for this month because I was trying really hard to like give myself the time because they're always told like don't procrastinate, right? Mm. And in reality, like it sometimes the time constraint makes me really efficient. Um, and I do really well under pressure and I need to like allow myself to have that be okay. Now, in some instances, that's a terrible idea because I knew if I can't make something on the plane, I still have a backup one that I'm not, you know, happy with. Um, so that helps a little bit, but anyway, having some sort of, even at work deadlines, you know, actual real deadlines. <laughs> is that, is that, I mean, this use of constraints, um, I'm, I'm trying to put a, a frame around that because I, isn't that constrain ironic? Around it. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to constrain constraints because I do that too. And I have, I think that, you, you know, in, in many ways, that's gotten me through a number of my most difficult sort of creative challenges is just like, eventually finding a way to uh, wait till the last minute to do anything <laughs> at all because I'm because of all the other emotional anxiety like oh it's gonna be garbage mm-hmm. I better not start eventually I have mm-hmm. to start and it turns out fine uh, but I wonder if that is if part of that constraint is a distraction from the emotional anxiety that that allows me finally to push through and do some work I figured it out mostly I would say figured it out but every time I have like an emotional epiphany yeah I'm like oh man I wish I wouldn't have figured that out because now every time I do it I'm gonna know (laughs) yeah right but for me um it was the same I did I used to do a little bit of stand-up comedy uh in Omaha I just at like a open mic night kind of thing and I would write all my content the day of I would write it right before I went I would practice it once or twice in the bathroom I'd read most of it off my phone, but I do really well. And I, uh, this guy, Dusty, who put it on, he'd said, well, you really should hone and practice the jokes that get really good and put them together. And I'm like, well, if I did that, that would mean that I cared. Yeah. <laughs> and that I like tried, right? Because for me, that and with my talk, I think mentally somewhere, if I leave it to the last minute, if I, don't give myself a ton of time. If it doesn't go well, I don't blame myself as much. Yep. I say, well, that's okay. I didn't try that hard. Or yes. like, you know, I couldn't have had it perfect because it, I didn't, you know, have enough time kind of a thing. And so I have like a built-in excuse if I fail. Yep. And usually I don't, but it makes me, it brings me comfort that I will like somehow be less upset than if I worked on it worked on perfecting this set, worked and practiced and practiced and practiced, and then it didn't go well. That would break my heart. Mm-hmm. So it's this like a built-in coping mechanism, truly, weird thing for me. Right? Oh, truly. Yeah. I, I call this one back-pocketing success, right? I always have some conditions in my back pocket to pull out if something doesn't go well. And that's a terrible way to live, just as for, for myself. I don't want to speak for you, but it's a terrible way to live. And uh, and I really struggle with that. It's the idea of snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. You know, like I could have gone so well, but I went ahead and defeated myself. And what, what I find so ironic about hearing you talk about it is that is these are the things you don't care about. And yet, like you are de facto practicing and honing your skills in all of these things with every comic you release, right? I mean, you're you're better at it than you were even the day that you released mm-hmm. the storytelling um, uh, mm-hmm. piece. And, uh, but, but I wonder, do you think about the comics in the same way 
that you've been thinking about, you know, your stand-up career? I, oh, the stand-up career is not a, that was like a <laughs> hobby. I, it was on my bucket list. I did it once. You did. That's I was good. good at it. So then I kept going. It just, it, it's the same thing as with comics yeah. where I like making people laugh. It makes me feel good and valued. Uh, that yeah. dopamine rush is real. And yep. so for me, I am very aware. I had a whole thing recently about how. I'm competitive. I do like threads every once in a while now um, about why I'm competitive and how I think that I need to be excellent to be worth loving. And that pressure, you know, has lessened a little bit with the comics because I just know people like, I don't say like my stuff. Uh, But the... funny thing about the comics that I've realized is that I have always been myself up about not being able to keep up with passion projects. I start and quit so many passion projects. I wouldn't even want to make a list. It would make me sad. So, but this one, I immediately, as soon as I started making another one, my brain immediately goes, how long are you going to be able to keep this up? How long until you stop making these and disappoint everybody? Like now it's public. You know, and how long, how are you going to keep this up? You know, you don't make time for things. And so this whole experience has been so great at like disproving that to myself and like really pushing myself out of that black or white thinking Mm -hmm. of how I should be doing things. Um, And like, if I don't release a comic for a while, it doesn't mean that I don't make comics anymore. It doesn't mean that I have to feel guilty or apologize for it taking a while. Um, I like to think that people would rather wait for quality than me pump out a bunch of stuff just to have stuff because I want my collection. It's important to me that the collection of work can all stand on its own. And so um, I don't necessarily want that filler. And because I don't have it and because honestly, the stuff that I'm making typically is so simple. It's flowcharts and Venn diagrams. It's just my handwriting on an iPad with some lines. And it doesn't take... Once I have a concept down, it doesn't take very long to make. That storytelling flowchart probably took an hour and a half max. Mm -hmm. Um, And some people, when I tell them that, they hate it. (laughs) Jessica's like, do you know how long it takes me to make videos? But for me, the like how short I know it will take matters because there's it's more difficult for me to fail i guess because even if one doesn't do that well it's like well it was only two hours or it was only four hours or um it's not a month-long thing and i have this history i have a background in actual illustration and there's a lot of people who don't know that i can actually draw real things (laughs) right right. Um, well and and by that same token i think it's super disingenuous to say that it only takes you an hour and a half to do that thing i mean you know you know what i mean like that's what what people don't recognize is just the the amount of fireworks and calorie burn that go on in your brain to get to that point where you can start drawing um Mm -hmm. and and that's so much of what we what we exist to remind people of right it's just Mm -hmm. like you have no idea the ladder we had to build to make it to the first step yes or the the history and because people are like i just love how simple it is and how clean it is i'm like i have 
my major was visual communication and design. Yeah, right. So it was, I mean, it was graphic design, but more than anything, it's that learning, taking years of learning how to communicate with as few things as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a skill that you have to hone. It's not, not something that necessarily right. comes naturally to a lot of people. It, it only looks easy because of the thousands of hours that I've put into <laughs> yes. doing other things like this. That's the yes. job. So, And how many ruined, crumpled sketches there are of the same comic. Right. <laughs> right. Well, uh, it, it, it's a fantastic work. And uh, as, as we wrap up, uh, would you please uh, tell folks where they can go learn more about you and what you do and why you do it? Uh, yes. So my website, ADHDDD.com is still under construction, which should surprise no one. <laughs> it's actually really funny because you have this clock on it, right? And the clock moves. And as I loaded it this morning, I had one of those ADHD moments where like it wasn't loading fast enough. And so the the hand was like skipping minutes. And mm-hmm. I thought, oh, my God, that is such a cool thing. She's reminding me that I have ADHD <laughs> by my inability to see time. And then it smoothed out. I was like, oh, I had originally been the like under construction page. And now it says, I promise this will get finished eventually. <laughs> uh, it will. It will. I have quarter one updates, but I, uh, yes, yeah, so... My Patreon is the first place where all my comics get posted. Um, Patreon.com slash D-A-N-I-D-O-N-O-V-A-N, Danny Donovan. And all of my handles, um, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, is all just Danny Donovan. I stole all the usernames. <laughs> Are you, like, were your parents big, like, comic book people? Or did you change your name to be a superhero name no, because you have the best you one? You really have a great that's name. That's what Peter Shankman said. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, no, I, so I got married um, a year ago and didn't change, I mean, my husband didn't care, but didn't change my last name. No, he would, he like, would. That's just such a good yeah. name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Too good. Um, and then my, my Facebook, my Danny Donovan is my personal one. So okay. Danny Donovan art is what my, Facebook is, but I typically, um, it goes to Patreon first and then Twitter and then Instagram and Facebook when I remember it. <laughs> do you, do you want to plug the neurodiverse squad? What you're doing oh, over on yeah, Twitter? Yeah, That's yeah. good stuff. Yeah. So we have, um, it's just growing. It's been so much fun to watch it actually become a thing. Uh, I had originally kind of heard ADHD tribe being used a lot. So I was using that and then I had, um, some members of the Native community reach out and say, I know you don't mean anything by this. We kind of hate when people do that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well, maybe there's a more inclusive way that we can recognize maybe not just ADHD, but people you know, on the autistic spectrum, mm-hmm. people um, you know, with OCD. And so N- Neurodiverse Squad, especially on Twitter, it's conversations and questions and people just tagging articles and um, Find like reading through other people's stuff. And so it's this great discovery element of finding people who, because if you search ADHD, a lot of the times you'll get people who have ADHD like in their handle. Mm -hmm. And so it can sometimes be harder to find journalists who are talking about it. Um, People like me who just have my name as a username. Uh, And so being a part of that community and feeling that sense of belonging. and connecting with each other has made Twitter especially such a valuable resource. So 
I very much recommend people go check it out. Yeah. (laughs) And so people were like, I hated this website, but this is like amazing. And so people had even kind of said that ADHD Twitter is blowing up. Like ADHD Twitter is becoming like a thing, you know, a community of, of people and especially people who didn't know they had ADHD who are they see so many threads yeah. and so many comics now um, that resonate and they go, wait a second. <laughs> well, it's wonderful. And you are, are curating a wonderful space uh, there, your contributions. It's just fantastic. Everybody go check out links in the show notes. Danny Donovan, uh, let's uh, try not to make this the last time we talk. huh? You're great. Uh, definitely not. <laughs> Thank you again for having Thank me. Thank you so this much for terrific. being here. It's great. Yeah. And thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to this show. We appreciate your time and your attention. On behalf of Danny Donovan and Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright. And we'll catch you next time right here on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. Mm-hmm.